My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant. And joining me for part two of the classic <laughs> 2013 <laughs> logline episode is Matt Belknap. Hello, Matt. Hello. Thank you for, for coming on back. I think people, we, we've done two-parters of this in the past, and I think you were just saying, oh, we shouldn't have made a two-parter. But guess what? But, That's what people expect now. We've established that this is like, it's a it's a spring sweeps event. Do like, you think that's a, the thing? The podcast sweeps uh, are going. They're and, okay. And, and people, this is people were hanging on by a thread for a week. <laughs> What's going to happen? I, I can't, I couldn't sleep wondering how, where this, this episode's going to go. So now they know. But but here's the deal. If you did not listen to the to the episode right before this one, go back right now and listen to that because that's an hour and a half of the logline entries so far. And you've got to know what they all are because we're going to vote on them after we read the rest of the logline log entries or, today. But, you know, if you really don't want to do that and you're still interested in listening to this episode, you will hear the best ones oh, that's at the true. end of this. At the end, we if will really be reading the best ones. Take a shortcut to the good stuff. That's true. This is, this is the shortcut. That's true. Like, if you don't have like three hours of your <laughs> life to spare. Absolutely. I know. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Hey, I thought that maybe we would start part two with um, some guidelines with a logline. Mm-hmm. Um, in my class, I pass out a template that has five, I'm sorry, four, <laughs> four different ways of getting into your logline, four of them. Um, that doesn't mean that this is the formula, but it's hard sometimes to say logline in one sentence, that 110 page script that you love. Yeah. So here's a couple of ways in. Uh, number one, You could what if it. This is something I've been saying for years and years. A lot of other teachers talk about this too. The what if is what people are always looking for, the unique idea. But you can use, instead of, you know, what if uh, people woke up and they could all fly. Okay, yeah, that's a world idea. You could still use that what if to even get into a main character's story. Like, you know, what if uh, a man afraid of heights uh, discovers he can fly and becomes an unlikely superhero? Something like that. Um, Now, you could also use my story is about, frankly, because sometimes people are so weirded out about log lines. And I'll just say to them in class, start with my story is about and see what you get. So my story is about uh, a a man afraid of heights who is given the power of flight. Okay, great. There you go. And then another way in log line template number three is more of a fill in the blank. A blank type of person attempts to story goal by unique method, okay? So a man afraid of heights attempts to uh, save the world with his new power of flight, okay? So a blank type of person attempts to story goal by unique method. And another way in for uh, logline template number four, try – if your if your backstory is really important, try after backstory synopsis 
a main character description must story goal. So you could say, um, and, and after, by the way, let me do it. Let yeah, me, yeah, let go me do for it. Song. Go for it. After discovering a droid with a message from a princess in danger, yes. a farm boy must join up with a rebellion to save the galaxy. Excellent. That's called Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. Okay. So you've got four different ways in. If you would like a copy of this logline template, email me at inquire at onthepage.tv. If some of you have emailed me for other things and they haven't come yet, they're on their way, man. They are on their way. Get off and if back. not, you can also email me and go, again and go, hey, just a little gentle reminder. Um, so inquire at onthepage.tv. I was going to say, too, just about TV. that number two where you just say my story is about. Mm-hmm. That just made me think of, like, you know, it's okay to ramble as you're trying to figure it out. Like I'm always, I always over explain things and I tend to ramble, but, um, but if you just start with that mm-hmm. and you can whittle that down, that's, that's when you have to, you know, use your skills of editing, but just start with the, you know, the most free form and, and detailed thing that you can muster and then figure out, you know, as you look back on it and say, oh, what, what's really, what are the most key, um, elements of this, rambling mess that i just spewed out <laughs> and also usually if you do my stories about coming in right with character will also help you whittle things down mm-hmm. you know right. my story is about a blank who okay now we know who the main character right. is and now the next thing will lead to action yeah most people probably do that just by you know like by being a human being who's has had to summarize situations or stories in the, uh, their whole life you tend to start with the most important character or, you know, whether maybe it's, maybe the key thing is the setting, but like when you're telling people a story, you, you tend to just instinctively kind of focus on the protagonist and, and, uh, and then, and maybe the setting. Yeah, absolutely. So you got, you got some ideas there and let's see if any, any of the next log line submissions line up this will not this. be as long as the last episode just, we think we don't think <laughs> although it could be i guess I because we're gonna go back and then i don't know because I, I already at, have like 11 in my pile of the ones i like yeah but you know what i was looking i, I remember thinking well we have kind of just a little pile to do for the next one it's not that little it's not that little it's, I know. Really, it's, it's pretty big all right it's here a, we go it's bigger uh, it's bigger than my pile of of 11 ones that i already like so <sighs> yeah yeah there were a lot of good ones Damn it. <clears throat> All right. Let's go for it. Let's get to it, I guess. The the first one is Scott Mallory. Hello, Scott Mallory. And, uh, but, wait a second. Then he said, then he says Banach- Banachek Mallory. Banachek Mallory. Scott Banachek. Eh. Okay, Scott Banachek <laughs> Mallory. Um, I'll read this one. Okay. okay. Aided by a cursed object, an attractive but insecure young man finds love, but at what cost? Hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the question, you know, the question, the dangling question part of it. I guess it's, you know, it's meant to pique curiosity. Um, but to me, I just, I, I kind of, I was with it up until that. And that kind of made me go, oh, come on. I think it's too vague. Yeah. Cursed object. There's been a lot of cursed objects. I, w- I would want something more specific if you're going to pitch a, a project like that. Right. Attractive but insecure young man. Attractive doesn't matter unless... Something about the cursed object is attached to beauty in some right, kind of way. Right. And he finds love, but at what cost is more of a tagline. Yeah. That's when, when right. you ask those kind of questions, he found love, but at what cost? That's something for the poster. Yeah. It's not necessarily a logline. Sorry, Scott Banachek Mallory. <laughs> or whatever your name is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think Scott's emailed me before, but I, I don't know. Okay. 
That might be some. Is I wonder if that's an inside joke that he expected you to get. I don't get anything. Get don't people know that after no, all this time? Just, I understand nothing and yeah. remember nothing. Okay, the next one is Mike Pelak. Pelak. P E L A K. Yeah. Mike. Go well, for it. <laughs> while on a cross country trip, two friends stopped to see Area 51, and because of what they saw, they may never be seen again. There's a lot of seeing going on in this. True. And it's also kind of weirdly past tense and like towards the end. Which, because, because of, of what, what they, they saw. saw. Yeah. Right. And and log lines need to feel present tense because yeah. we have to feel that's the movie we are watching. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I it it's again very vague. And because of what they saw. Yeah, it's Area yeah. 51. We assume that it's it's aliens, but you know, unfortunately. In this year, we've seen so many different alien movies. Yeah, this sounds like movies. Paul, the, the movie with Seth Rogen um, doing the voice of the alien. And uh, I just kind of, if you know, if you if you are aware of the fact that your logline may be similar to something that's already out there, or you know, or it's in the the public consciousness a little bit, then I think you are uh, obligated to to push into an area in your logline into something that makes it more original. Absolutely. And I, I wasn't even thinking Paul. I was just thinking so many Area 51 yeah, yeah. stories. Right. So, Mike, it, it definitely feels provocative in terms of the tone, but um, but you have to be more specific about what was seen uh, before they're never seen again. Yeah. I mean, I like that. I think he's going for kind of a clever turn of phrase where because like w- what they saw them they may never be seen again i appreciate that so i'm not totally ignoring the uh the wordplay but I, but i do think it yeah i agree with you okay the next one's from brian stumpf that's all i have to say about that um brian stumpf oh it's my turn yeah a seasoned filmmaker and his budding filmmaker wife, both eager to jumpstart their careers, attempt to make a found footage horror film in the deep woods, unintentionally awakening a murderous demon hell. I'm sorry, a, murder, a murderous demon hell bent on spreading its evil beyond the woods. This is uh, in a in a strange font size that's big, so it looks it's long, <laughs> but like, it almost looks longer because he used like an <laughs> eighteen point. Font. Yeah, we can't criticize you for their font. <laughs> I know, but it is kind of long anyway. Um, let's see if we can like. I think I think the stuff bit. about budding filmmaker eager to jumpstart their careers yeah. needs to be out of it. If yeah, you say an attempt to make a found footage horror film in the deep woods unintentionally awakens a murderous demon hell bent on spreading its evil, yeah. Okay, there's your log. Yeah, line. you don't. It doesn't matter that they're married, even though you could you could condense it by saying a married couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, making a found footage, but even that, I don't know that it's said that important that they're married. I mean, it may be important to the story overall, but it's not that important to the logline. Yeah, I think I think when we say found footage horror film, and also the attempt to make a implies filmmakers are behind it. Right. Um, and I think that the hook of this is unintentionally awaking that murderous demon. So right. you even don't want to distract with the fact that they're they're married and that they. They want to jumpstart their careers. It it, right. it dilutes it, and you don't need to say attempt. I mean, they're they're doing it. It's 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 the Yoda um, maxim: do or not do. But or in this not case, do. is there, is there no attempt to make this? It's not found footage. It's not found footage I know, of but a demon. But you can say they're while making a found footage horror film. Oh. You, you're not if you're if you're attempting it, then you're doing it. Ah, oh, very true. So, 
Very true. I learned that a Yoda. long time ago from Yoda. <laughs> Yoda. Yoda teaches us everything. Is there anything you didn't learn from Star Wars? That's what I want to know, Matt. And how many times did you watch it when you were a kid? Uh, I, I didn't. Well, I'm old enough to have not had like video. There was no video. Like you couldn't watch things on video. Wow, you are So old. like God. it was either on TV, but mostly I think I just listened to the, you know, they, those kids there's a cassette tape and a little picture book and the cassette tape would read it and then it would go bing bong and it would turn the page. It was first it was records, then it was cassettes. Uh, so that's kind of, that was my star Wars. Experience. Did you have, did I remember those and I remember boop, turn the page. Yeah. I remember that yeah. person. That, that could be your, you should have someone create and don't say me cause I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You, yeah. I guess I'm yeah, yeah, the yeah, most you. obvious person to ask, but you should find someone else to make a soundscape on the page logo and it could be that it could be like boom boom on the page <laughs> like turn the page but it's on the page i think you just did that <laughs> i think we're just going to capture that one little sound bite you and that could did. be like on your voicemail like your outgoing message when people call on the page they could hear that <laughs> boom boom on the page that's <laughs> bizarre oh, this is... and, and you know what the in joke would work for two people you <laughs> me well and everyone who heard this episode <laughs> that's right okay we've got austin zartman uh, next. Name. And he is from Indianapolis, Indiana, and he is a first-time entrant. Okay. Freed from running the family flower farm. A bre- I'm so proud of myself for saying that. Family flower stumbling. farm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to stop and pat myself on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Freed from running a, the family flower farm, a brash nurseryman seeks to reclaim his manhood by chopping down a giant redwood tree. Love it. Yeah? Weirdly, weirdly unnecessary colon after manhood. But um, and and the family flower farm, uh, yeah, it's like you can you can maybe trim a little bit away from this. But I love I love the idea of a of a guy who's had to run a nursery, like a guy whose like job is selling flowers, and he's like, oh, I finally don't have to do this anymore. I'm going to go chop down a redwood. I guess you're that's right. Hilarious. That's hilarious. That's I, really fun. I guess you're right. Okay. All right. I'm with that, uh, Austin. Okay. Are you going to go chop down a tree now? Did just give you ideas? <laughs> Don't do it. The next one is Tommy Jackson, and he is from County Cork, Ireland. Oh, can I do it? Yes. I'm going to do it in an do accent it, now. It, All it. right. <laughs> Here's my terrible, terrible Irish accent. And don't forget, we will read this again after the <laughs> accent because neither of us will be able to focus on the long line. <laughs> an alcoholic pro wrestler must rescue his colleagues from being forced to fight mutant monsters by a sinister wrestling promoter. <laughs> For everyone else, that was an alcoholic pro wrestler must rescue his colleagues from being forced to fight mutant monsters by a sinister wrestling promoter. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like your accent. I know. I I'm, teaching, a... I'm teaching in Belfast. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be there mid April. I'll be at the Belfast International Film Festival or something like that. So I'm sure. <laughs> so you will be met by an angry mob. I at the will. Airport. I will. I'm sure they'll just be like, I'm not going to your class. Or they come to my class and they just boo me. Mm. But uh, throw, they're not going to throw tomatoes at you. They're going to throw potatoes at you. Oh, oh, you made a potato joke. <laughs> okay. Now, now you should go to Belfast. And boot. Okay. So an alcoholic pro wrestler must rescue his colleagues from being forced to fight mutant monsters by a sinister wrestling promoter. I don't something about the passive voice of by a, a sinister wrestling promoter at the end just tweaked me like it kind of it didn't it hit my ear wrong but uh, you know what I mean like kind of um, it kind of feels tacked on I don't know I get it though it's it's here's this sinister wrestling promoter who is making 
his wrestlers fight mutant monsters. Yeah, but I, but couldn't you say to make it more active, you could say an alcoholic pro wrestler must rec- rescue his colleagues from a sinister wrestling promoter who's forcing them to fight mutant monsters. Oh, you're right. You're probably right. <laughs> but I love the idea. It's yeah. really weird. At first, I thought it was going to be like that movie with um, a couple of years ago with uh, Mickey Rooney. Wait, uh-huh. not Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I get them mixed up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Judy Garland comes out and they Mickey sing. Rooney, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, Mickey Rourke. What was that called? The Wrestler? Yes, it was called The Wrestler. That, that, I guess, you, you can understand why I had a hard time pulling it. Absolutely. <laughs> the movie about The Wrestler. What there was were it no mutant monsters. No, no, but that, at the beginning I thought it was going to be like The Wrestler and then the mutants came in. I was like, oh, wow. Because of the, the alcoholic stuff. Yeah. But I, I think I think what Tommy's trying to add is a little sort of character stuff. Yeah, I like to that. It. And it's, you can get really Rowdy Roddy idea. Piper. He's a good actor. Yeah. Yes, he, he was in uh, They Live. Okay. See, and it's <laughs> cast for you too, Tommy. Yeah. Again, forgive me for the accent. Um, I couldn't help myself. No, it's, it's great. Do you, do you know? Okay, so when I when I got to college, yeah. And uh, so I was like uh, 17 years old, right? And I I got like the smallest part in Playboy of the Western World. Okay. And I had one line. I had to pre- present the the playboy with a chicken and say, feel the fat of that breast, mister. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, there you go. I don't even know what that play is. I've never heard of that. It's uh, it's famous. I'm, I'm a dummy. It's a wicked famous. All right. Um, I'll check it out. Okay. <laughs> this is on Netflix. Feel the fat of that. <laughs> never mind. Okay. <laughs> Storm tide. Roger. Alford. Roger Alford. Alford. Yes. He's from Winston, Salem, North Carolina. Go for it. Not going to do a southern accent. Okay, good. When a hurricane floods the... (laughs) What happened? I said I wouldn't do it. Okay, do it again. When a hurricane floods a small coastal town, a former shark attack survivor struggles against rising waters and invading sharks to rescue her estranged teenage daughter. There's another sneak attack gender... I, I love it. You, you, this is all your problem, you know. So you assumed it was a woman when you started reading it. You pictured a woman. No, who was but the I like the fact that it keeps attack. catching you up, and you keep admitting to it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you know, you don't see it coming. Former sh- shark attack survivor, right? So it was, you, you go for like a macho thing, but right away it's why. Well, yeah, I pictured yeah. I pictured Richard Dreyfus, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this is really interesting. Yeah. Hurricane floods a small coastal town. Former shark attack survivor struggles against rising waters and invading sharks to rescue her estranged teenage daughter. I love it. Solid. Really good. Yeah, I mean, for a second, I was like, maybe you could simplify the rising waters and invading, but like, nah. it's it's all there. It's all necessary. It sounds exciting. Yeah, it's all working. The next one is Lonnie Russell. Uh, here we go. A womanizer must change his chauvinistic ways to reverse a curse that has transformed him into transformed him into a woman without telling a soul, or his new curvy body will be his for good. Wait a second, did we do this one already? Mm, I don't know. Um, it's sort of it reminded me of what women want with Mel Gibson, but also um, all of me with with Steve Martin. That's yeah. a really old movie, though. Um, I don't know. Maybe. It sounds vaguely familiar, but it, it was just emailed to you. Maybe this guy's. You know what? If he wants a, a second shot, then. okay. You know what? <laughs> Why not? Since since yeah. I can't remember. Oh well. Yeah. Um. Uh, it it is very. It there have been a lot of sex change movies, gender Men change movies. Yeah. yeah, switch movies, I should say. Yeah. Um, and usually has to teach a chauvinistic man the error of his ways. Yeah. So Lonnie just on. Uh, just this is not about the log line, but right. just to sort of make sure that you um, 
find a hook to it that isn't necessarily, I, I don't know, d- doesn't make it seem like those other movies. Oh, I know why I know this. Why? I think I'm consulted with Lonnie uh, on this, on this project. That's why. Um, so hopefully we found that. <laughs> Sorry, Lonnie. I so would, about the logline, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think you can actually take out without telling a soul. That's that's just bogging it down, I think. Yeah, maybe. I think um, you're right. A womanizer must change his chauvinistic ways to reverse a curse that has transformed him into a woman or his new curvy body will be his. Yes, good. that's it. That's uh, absolutely it. So we're going to get rid of without telling a soul, Lonnie, and it'll be a stronger it, Frankly, you could line. probably even cut the curvy body. You could just end it at transformed him into a woman. Um, the, 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 the fact that the, cur- the new curvy body will be his for good if he, if he doesn't reverse the curse. It's like, well... Obviously, he wants to revert. He doesn't want to be a woman for any amount of time. I, I so. like the idea that there's a ticking clock there. Again, yeah, we've seen right. so many Switch movies that we have to know that there's like yeah, something I different guess part there. Part of me just kind of felt like that just kind of goes without saying, but that, then that kind of links back to the problem of like this is very familiar territory. Right. So if you say, or it's all going to be yours, you'll never go <clears> back. <throat> and adding curvy it reminds you of like what he doesn't how want. Weird, yeah, how yeah. weird it is. Okay, so the next one is Joshua Golke. I think that's how you say it. Sound right? Joshua yeah, Golke? Yeah, I'm, right. I'm, with, I'm with you on that. Okay. Ice and vodka. Ice and vodka. Yes. After, uh, after an epic bender, a lonely womanizer awakens. What's with the womanizers today? Well, they're all lonely. <laughs> they're lonely. They're chauvinistic. These guys are getting a bad rap. Can a guy just like women? Yeah. <laughs> After an epic bender, a lonely womanizer awakens in an airplane heading to Iceland, unable to remember how he got there and unsure of how to get home with no money and no friends. This is kind of like our our guy who was on the the spaceship and then yes. figure out why he and was he, the only person on his way to he wasn't registered. The moon. Yeah, <laughs> or um, a lonely womanizer awakens in an airplane headed to Iceland. Unable to remember how he got there, and unsure of how to get home with no money. I think I think it's with no money and no friends. Yeah, seems like it. It adds too much to it. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're you're overloading the details at the end there. Yeah. So it could be it could be Joshua. After an epic bender, a lonely womanizer awakens in an airplane heading to Iceland, unable to remember how he got there. Maybe that. Yeah. Okay. I so think yeah, it awakens. Little, little Awakens actually might be, um, I think when you say awaken, it means that's the thing doing the awakening, not the thing waking up. So really? I think you actually have to say a lonely womanizer wake, wakes up in an airplane heading to Iceland. Oh. So you could look that up. I may be wrong about that. It just it seemed, sounded weird to me. How well did you do in English class? I bet you, like, all A's for you. I was a terrible you. student. Really? Yeah. Was, but, but now, like... I, well, I, I just, I just, yeah. I mean, in, in high school, I was terrible. In college, I kind of got it together. So I guess I did okay in college. All right. Okay. Just wondering. Let um, see one of your papers. Okay. Happy to share them with you. I have them right here. <laughs> John Sones. John Sones. Oh, he's from the UK. This is your turn. It's on you. Okay. Uh, it is. The family of a missing girl comes to realize the ransom negotiator they've hired is the kidnapper. Dum, dum, dum. Ah. <laughs> what the heck? I like it. I yeah. like it if. This is, this is the thing, John. 
as long as you're not telling me the third act. If you're telling me this because this launches the movie, yeah. then that's a perfect logline for the movie because we've often seen movies where somebody that was trusted turns out to be the bad yeah. guy. But in this case, if by the end of Act 1, they come to realize the ransom negotiator is the kidnapper and now they've got to manipulate their relationship with him in some way or now they're under his spell too, mm-hmm. I get it. But what I'm worried about is he might be pitching the ending of his movie. Yeah, it's that's hard because that is a cool twist. It seems like that should be the third act. But yeah. um, but without that, then the logline is going to feel kind of generic. I mean, maybe he has other details he could in- include in the logline if that was not in there. But if it's just the family of a missing girl works with a ransom negotiator to get her back. That's like... That's true. That's that's any hostage situation. But if you say works with a ransom negotiator uh, who may have his own agenda or who... uh, Who's not what he seems. Who's not what he seems or who can't be trusted. That means you're revealing to the audience slowly and then they'll eventually come Mm -hmm. to this realization that he's pitching. So, John, it really depends. Um, It's it's hard because... We tell you in a logline, do give away the hook. Mm-hmm. And yet, if you're giving away the final hook, then there's nothing to read. Yeah, like I don't think the logline for The Sixth Sense was like a, um, a boy who sees dead people is aided by a guy who's actually a who's ghost. Who's actually <laughs> a ghost, right. The actually a ghost part yeah. is gone. Sorry although, if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Yeah, although you would pitch that the kid sees dead people, yeah. even though that doesn't even come in until the middle of the movie. Right. So that's there's always that fine line there. I'm not sure. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. It's well written if that's the movie. Okay, so the next one is Lars. But, but don't you agree that you wish, you hope that the, that reveal is saved to the end? Because that's a pretty good twist. Actually, no. Well, I, I mean, look, I've seen a lot of stuff where the reveal at the end, it is a great reveal and it would work for the end, yeah. no problem. But do I hope it's there? Not necessarily, because sometimes it's interesting to sort of show your cards at the end of Act One and mm-hmm. then it only gets better. It can Who also knows? be like a situation where you, the audience knows, but the characters don't. You know, like the, it could be like we see something and they're in the dark for a little while. You know, that's always a, another angle. Wasn't uh, Ransom with um, Mel Gibson? Mm-hmm. Didn't that have a little bit of that kind of twist? Actually. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I know Gary Sinise, there was a twist of yeah. like, like who it was, but I don't think it was the host. I don't think he was the hostage negotiator. I that think was it, a good movie. Yeah. It's too bad he's such a jerk, man. It's a, it's that was such a movie. good movie. Imagine. He did, what, what? He, he's done a lot of really good movies. Yeah. Ah, I know. Stinks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'm just going to spend the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Bad Mel Gibson, uh, uh Lars Henning uh, from Cologne, Germany. Mm-hmm. Do you have a German ac- accent in your arsenal? Of, of, oh, okay. You <laughs> no, go for it, Matt. No? No? After returning home from Eastern Front. Oh, what is that? <laughs> what, that is. what is that? <laughs> that was like a gypsy, <laughs> like a gypsy woman trying to put a curse on you. Oh my god! Uh, I'm not gonna. Do, I'm not gonna do it. Although when I was a baby, my mom spoke German to me. She really? she lived in Germany for a year um, in her twenties, and so she used to speak German to me. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, I don't. It's neither here nor there. It's just that. Just, it's just I should be better at it. Is my I got point. a nice scene in my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, all right. After returning from the Eastern Front to the apocalyptic Berlin of 1945. A German soldier tries to find the man who is guilty of murdering his wife 
in a downfalling city where stayed innocent. Okay, wait. Yeah, I think there there might be a little translation thing. Might be. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's always a tough one because because probably this would work really well with just a little sort of ironing out of of the English. Well, let's we'll help him out. Okay, we'll figure out what's going on here. Uh, I think you could just lose everything after murdering his wife. Uh, You know, after returning from the Eastern Front to the apocalyptic Berlin of 1945, a German soldier tries to find the man tries to find the man who killed his wife. Right. Who's goes? Yeah. What I think it's. It's also just to maybe add to the kind of man who's guilty of murdering his wife because he's mentioning he's returned from the Eastern Front, uh, apocalyptic Berlin, 1945, German soldier tries to find the what kind of man? What man was it a fellow soldier who murdered his wife? Was it the American soldier? Right, exactly. So it could be it could be interesting. That's where the conflict could rise. Either way, Lars, it's a little bumpy. Uh, just in the way that it's translated right now, but it's definitely, it's provocative. It's yeah, making and, us and, think. And whatever was meant by that last part about the innocent thing, it probably you probably don't need it. Um, it. Maybe he's saying that, like, um, well, this guy has been clear, his, his name has been clear, or like he's, he's uh, the, the, the murderer has gone free, I think is probably what, what he's getting at. But it doesn't matter. Like you, and, and the doubt, the, the falling down city you already got that with the the phrase the apocalyptic berlin of 1945 which is actually great um so yeah that's good next one is carlton carter i know carlton well carlton is only 18 years old he has been writing to us for two years yeah i've read his pages even on on the podcast and he's a brilliant writer who would make you know, the rest of us just weep like, oh, you're only 18 and you're this good. Yeah. So uh, here's his logline. A neurotic pizza boy must deliver the elixir that can save his zombie filled world. What do you think? I like the brevity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, who is he delivering it to? I, that's what I don't understand. And I guess I want to know more. That's a good thing. But um, but uh yeah. No, I think you're right. It must deliver the elixir to the police that can save his zombie-filled world, the superheroes that can, yeah, the, government. the team of such and such. Right. Yeah, or must deliver the elixir to the zombies or to, right. or to the scientist who can save his. Right. Yeah, it's, it seems like there's definitely something there. But I, and I love, I love the premise. Neurotic pizza boy elixir, zombie-filled mm. yeah. world, that everything... Good ingredients. Yeah, I, everything lands the fate of the world is in a neurotic pizza boy's hand i really like that yeah that log line is like a meat lover's pizza it's got <laughs> all the right toppings <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm getting hungry okay uh this next one is uh nancy brindley bajia from burbank hey nancy. what's up neighbor <laughs> that's where i live i was just bragging about that to be hard before she's, we started she's bragging about burbank is that your phone it's, it's somebody's phone. It's somebody's phone. All right. Yeah, sorry. No problem. We, we haven't installed the uh, sound dampening uh, <laughs> panels yet. Uh, Hello. <laughs> We're oh, taking your calls. Oh, is it Ireland? What? You're mad? I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is yours. I think oh, it's, it's your mine. turn. While driving to Florida for spring break, a group beautiful 
A group of. Yeah. Okay. While driving to Florida for spring break, a group of beautiful and privileged sorority sisters stop at a rural redneck bar and cruelly humiliate the wrong guy. Hmm. That's interesting. Huh. So, like, I feel like there's maybe one too many adjectives happening. Beautiful and privileged. Yeah. One assumes they're hot. And they're sor- sorority sisters. I yeah. Mean, if it's a movie, we know that the sorority sisters aren't going to be cool. <laughs> like, yeah, you could say a group of, of privileged sorority sisters. Yeah. So we know that they've got like right. that kind of sheen to them. Yeah. Uh, stop at a rural and redneck bar. Rural. Like, yeah. Redneck bars are rural by definition, probably. Right. Stop at a redneck bar and cruelly humiliate the wrong guy. Well, you know what? I like. I like it, it feels like she might be pitching the setup. That's the only problem. Yeah. Because Because then what happens? Like yeah. we don't really get the meat of the story here. I, something happens, this guy does something afterwards, but is it does it go da- down the horror road or does it is it is this a comedy? Yes. Like it's hard to tell. Well, you know, cuz then maybe, you know, this guy might kidnap them and and you know, lock them in a basement or he might follow them to Daytona Beach to ruin their weekend or whatever. That's and, true. And, conspire you know in a comedic way conspire to ruin their i don't think it's comedic but you could definitely start (laughs) with the end of it which was after cruelly humiliating the wrong guy a group of privileged sorority sisters now what do they you know run for their life even the wrong the wrong redneck the wrong redneck in fact that's a good title the wrong redneck (laughs) (laughs) so so it feels nancy like I mean, you could definitely get a sense of the tone, but right now you're pitching the humiliation, which seems like that's not going to fill a whole movie. It's not one big torture scene. So it could be interesting to start from the humiliation itself, and it's the wrong guy, and pitch what happens next, which probably is this guy terrorizing them, I would imagine, getting them back. What do you think? Shout out to uh, Tinhorn Flats, a a redneck bar in Burbank. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know they had redneck bars in in Burbank. Yeah, it's weird. It looks. It's got the saloon doors and everything. Do you do you spend a lot of time I've never in been inside flats? It. <laughs> I've seen it. I've walked by it all the time, and I've never been inside. When you do walk in, could you like go in with like two arms and just like bust through the doors and just stand there, yeah. silhouetted? Uh-huh. Okay, I appreciate it. And there's a lot of they watch. Um, it's a it's a you know how different bars in L.A. because there's no football team in L.A. They have different bars or for different teams from other cities. Uh-huh. Tinhorn Flats is a a Chicago Bears bar. You people watch Bears fans go there to watch the oh. games. Um, so I see those guys out there at like nine o'clock in the morning on football season. <laughs> you you want to go in, don't you? Kind of. Come on, go go in, Matt. I'm curious. I'm curious. Just open the I door. I want to know if they have good burgers. I feel like. right. Go in because you want to know about the burgers. <laughs> Do that. Let's, and come let's, back let's log on this. <laughs> a, t- a timid former screenwriting consultant <laughs> faces his fears by entering a redneck bar in Burbank. <laughs> da, da, uh, all right. This is from Tyler Jones. I like this. So a few of these people are actually giving us the genre, which is nice because you don't necessarily have to convey the genre in the log line. But it does sometimes, like that last one, kind of open. It, it raises questions when you don't know the, the, the genre. You do have to convey the genre, the logline. You have to get the tone in. Well, okay, that's true. So I would say that while it's handy for us that we know it's a dramedy slash romantic comedy, yeah. that shouldn't 
I, I just it, think what, it should what, color what, our feelings what, about the logline. The logline should stand on its own. I, like in the real world, what practical situation would occur where someone would get a logline without someone saying, hey, I want you to read this comedy script or, hey, I want you to read this thriller? Often. I mean, look, you know, the classic elevator pitch, right? Yeah. You know, oh, I got a script. Oh, really? What's it about? It's about blank. Okay? Yeah. So you don't I always say it's a comedy script. And a lot of times writers don't even, they haven't nailed their genre yet. Yeah. So the, the, and even regardless, even if they say it's a comedy and then you pitch a log line that's... That doesn't sound funny. Yeah. yeah. That's a problem. That's, yeah, yeah. I, okay. You've convinced me. Yes. You know okay, Tyler Jones. Well, this is... I'm going to ruin it, though. I'm going to tell you that this is a dramedy slash romantic comedy <laughs> called On the Table. <laughs> get the page, it out of your table. head. Get Not it onto, onto the, the table. table. <laughs> All right. Okay. The main course will be extra juicy this though. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I already this already sounds like a commercial. Well So I'm gonna have to give this the radio jingle commercial yes, voice. Go for it. The main course will be extra juicy this Thanksgiving when ex-lovers are tricked into spending the holiday together with their closest friends. All sides will be served, but whose will you choose? Wow, you're good at that. <laughs> we found a voice you're good at. Wow. That's that was really good. There's a lot of bells and whistles on this one, man. And by that I mean like it's yeah, like we were saying, it's like a poster or uh, you know, uh, it's like the TV commercial. Not but you know what, Tyler? This this would be great on top of on a one sheet or um, on a query letter or something that sort of you you're doing it just to grab attention. Uh, it's tough because there's the logline that is sort of worked into a. Like it starts a pitch just to be provocative, and then there's logline that tells you what this is about. You and I were very, we had to write loglines about what this is about. Yeah, Yeah. so so we couldn't be flowery or like like hey, but Mm -hmm. there is something to to actually selling your script in the course of doing doing a logline. So so I mean I, I I give I give Tyler props for. For having yeah, the main course would I'd be extra say, juicy. Like, I'd say maybe you overseasoned it. <laughs> maybe just Ooh. a dash of pepper. Um, like I, you could whittle it down to like you know when ex lovers are tricked into spending the holiday together by their closest friends. Yes. Yeah, I guess I guess we don't still not understand enough about the story, right? Yeah. We know that there's going to be extra juicy dramedy and that we'll have to choose sides in a, some kind of conflict but the real meat of the story <laughs> is when ex-lovers are tricked into spending the holiday together with their closest friends there's yeah. something really interesting about that yeah. you know now it could be they they force their friends to choose sides right that's a really cool premise <clears throat> yeah. but i'm not really sure if that's actually what what he's pitching so they're, right but they're friends yeah they're they're friends organized this mm-hmm. so yeah, but they could be turning the tables on right. their friends by that's going, true. great, you set us up again? Well, guess what? You're going to have to pick which friend you want. If that's yeah. maybe the they premise. Maybe they actually band together to, to turn the tables on their friends and in the process rediscover Fall true love. love. Oh, that's, that's so good. Gravy. good. <laughs> there you go, Tyler. Even if that's not oh your story, God, now it stuff. is. Okay. We got two more, right? Yeah. Two more? Okay. Cool. Heather Hills. I just want to say that. That's like... Heather Hills. Heather Hills. Welcome to Heather Hills. Tonight on Heather Hills. <laughs> nice Will name. Dylan find true love with Stacy? <laughs> <laughs> or will Dash ruin their chance for happiness? Well, I don't know about you, but I have never been so punchy. I I'm <laughs> so lunch? exhausted. Uh, okay. I it's been a long week. I feel like we were even punchier last time. But. I don't know. 
Uh, maybe I'm still, I'm still, I'm post punchy. Yeah. Okay, Heather Hills. When flighty young mom Emma's husband, uh oh, when flighty young mom Emma, well, all right, I'm just gonna read it. When flighty young mom Emma's husband unexpectedly returns home from deployment, she is caught in the web of lies she spun for the past year and soon discovers her now distant husband has secrets of his own. Hmm. So it's like Homeland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but from the from the uh, mom's yeah. the, the the wife's point of view, I, I was just which is kind of I cool. actually think this is cool, except the the little bit of confusion of the subject confusion at the top of the thing. Um, yeah, when a, I think when you could say when a military man or when you know a military or, wife's husband, unex- but you don't even have to say that. I mean, I guess uh, a woman is caught in the web of lies she spun for the last year when her military husband, husband return returns homes. home from deployment but she says only and soon discovers her now distant husband has secrets of his own yeah i don't know do we do we need that in the log line i like it because what it says to me is a conflict of lives yeah so he comes home she's caught in her web of lies and then she discovers he's got lies and it just feels <laughs> it feels like something i'd want to read yeah. I, yeah so i think I, I would just watch Heather all the stuff up front when flighty young mom Emma's. Oh, you husband. don't need. Yeah, we've said that last episode. Like, you don't need the names. Like, right. The names don't. Right. So if we just give her a profession plus personality, which would yeah. be a military wife. I hate to say it, but um, or uh, I don't know, naive military wife. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but. So when an army wife, when an army wife's husband unexpectedly returns home, she is caught in the web of lies she's spun for the past year and soon discovers her husband has secrets of his own. Yeah. So we got rid of now, now distant, distant yeah. unexpectedly. Yeah. The deployment. only part that I still kind of irks me is the going uh, army wife's husband. It just yeah. feels like it feels a little, you little can't, you just, can't you just start with the guy and then. But then it's weird because you're not starting with the whoever. Yeah, the because, protagonist yeah, is. yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of components to her. You could find a different way to define her. Yeah, by, uh, rather than calling her an army wife to define her differently. Yes. But so, how about when her husband returns home from deployment, an army wife oh, is better. caught in the yeah. web of lies she spun for the past year and discovers her husband has secrets of his own. How's that? Boom. All right. Rewind that. And write it go. down, Heather. Okay. All right. But a great idea, Heather. Okay, Cliff. This is Cliff Gartska. Poor Cliff. He wrote me a synopsis, and I made him uh, resubmit it as a a one-sentence logline. So let's see how he did. Oh, wow. Okay, go for it. In order to avoid World War III after a drone mysteriously crashes in the Middle East and a mole is discovered so high up in the government even the president is left out of the loop, an agent codenamed Wild Goose has to answer the question, Who's watching the Watchers? So he kind of whittled it, whittled it down to one sentence, That's, but he crammed yeah. an awful lot in there. That's a lot. Yeah, um, because he's got like he's really got his whole script stuffed in here. Yeah, the drone crashes, the mole is discovered, uh, an agent has to answer the question: Who's watching the Watcher? It's that's yeah, like yeah. half the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think you could lose the mole. I don't know that that's like the 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 the. The log line is that a, 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 an agent mm-hmm. is um, – I mean, I'm not going to say this elegantly, but an agent is tasked with uncovering a mole in the mm-hmm. government after 
a drone crashes in the Middle East. Yes, but that's not the script because it looks like the script is he's got to figure out who's watching the watchers because he says the mole is discovered so high in the government. So it's almost the the setup. He's already found out that the the mole is discovered. It's not about the search for the mole. It's the drone crashes and the mole is discovered. And now this agent has to answer the question who's watching the watchers. I think. I think. Yeah, I guess you're yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's tricky. But Cliff, this is what this what happens when you try and cram everything in, you have people not sure about the focus of your second act. So, um definitely got some interesting com- components here and you have to really laser focus what your idea is. Guys, you did a great job. We're, yeah, that's it. And we, and yeah. we have I think now a huge pile of ones we like. Now we have to pause and go through them right? yes and figure out what are we going to do three each uh three. uh uh three <laughs> yeah yeah our top three each yeah. yes okay, okay. and then we'll come back and decide yeah. who the winner is yeah okay here we go bye see you soon wait but we'll, we'll be back yeah but okay we'll see you in a minute okay <laughs> i'll be right back Okay, we've picked our winner, and uh, the winner, just to remind people, is going to get two months of an on-the-page membership. This is a remote membership where every week you submit two script pages to me, and I edit them and send them back to you with maybe a note or two. Also, during that week, you can send me uh, two log lines or a synopsis, and at the end of the entire month, uh, I am doing a webinar for members only, a Q&A webinar. So that is only $50 a month. And uh, the winner of this will receive two months of that membership. Should we announce who the winner the winner is? I think we should work is? our way up to it. I think we should we should like give away our honorable mentions. Okay. And, um, well, and- okay. There's going to be one, one runner-up who's going to get one month of the membership. Okay. okay? Yeah. And that, we should say, is should we- the runner-up. And then we'll say who the winner right, is. Right, right. And then we're going to talk about the ones that okay. we, both, we all just liked on our own. Yeah, all right. Because these are the two we agreed on. That's, we only agreed on two. Is that right? Yeah. You didn't have, no, you didn't have the runner-up. But then when I reminded you of it, you were like, oh, yeah. That yeah, was, yeah. Okay. I agree. But we both separately, <laughs> we, when we both went through, we both separately only, we all picked like whatever, however many. Like and we totally only, different we ones. We only had one in common, and that's the winner. Here's the winner. Can we just give the okay, winner? Okay. Here's, here's I don't know why you don't like we'll drama. Do you should I, be, I, I, you know, as a screenwriting instructor, you I should appreciate. I want everybody out there just to fall asleep. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Are the winner, the winner yeah. is Roger Alford. <laughs> I was going to do a drum roll. You're but. doing it again. <laughs> You already said the name. It's Roger, Roger Alford. Alford. Stormtide. Stormtide. When a hurricane floods a small coastal town, a former shark attack survivor struggles against rising waters and invading sharks to rescue her estranged teenage daughter. Yeah, because it's like a great setup. Hurricane floods, former shark attack survivor, rising waters, invading sharks. Yeah, estranged teenage. Like it really. Every every part of that log line is is exciting. It's, yes, it's all it all every single piece of it evokes drama. Absolutely. So congratulations, Roger Alford from Winston Salem, North Carolina. You've won two months of an on the page membership. Now, as the runner up, winning one month of an on the page membership. It, go Ren- for it. Rene Claveau. Yay, Rene Claveau. And he is from Vancouver, Canada. And the logline is, 
after and also we should note this is for a TV drama series. Yeah. The logline is after an asteroid renders Earth uninhabitable, the last of humanity struggles to survive in research bases on the moon with the hope of one day returning to Earth. Yeah. Did I did I did I lisp too much? Well, no, research bases on the moon. We we all know you're drunk. So. Okay, I'm not drunk. Maybe that's my problem. Is I'm stone you cold need, sober. You need a little something. Oh God, that was fun. I mean, there was a lot of good ones. Like I said, I had a pile of like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. That, I, that I had to you know whittle down. Read me some of the ones that you liked that you, I didn't have. Go for it. Okay. Um, we both liked this one from last episode. Um, I don't know why you turned your back on it. <laughs> it's been a week. Um, I, I, if it were phrased slightly differently and, and if, it, if the execution of the logline was, was really on point, I think it might have been my pick. But uh, this is from Tony Campbell. And it is a middle-aged gangster is released from prison and becomes the laird of a remote Scottish island where the residents have no respect for authority of any kind. Yes, we really did like that. That's good. That was a great one. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I don't know. The weird dash before of any kind threw me, but it's, it's still really. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. I don't know why I was. I, that, you know what? That's a great one, too. Yeah. Um, great idea and, and good long line. Yes. Um, Michelle Muldoon. You didn't. I don't know. I forget it, what your issue it wasn't, was. It wasn't enough for me, Michelle Muldoon's, because I know how rich her story is. But okay. you go for it. So I came to it cold, and I thought this 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 is like says enough for me to like say, yeah, I want to know. I want to know more. And that's the job of a logline. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Oh, it's called the baby pool. Two hyper competitive brothers discover their pregnant wives are due on the same day. Mm-hmm. Great. So simple, but it really does to me tell you. Like it, it, it suggests the conflict that will be at the center of the whole story. I'm going to read two of them that that I liked. Okay, I couldn't believe you didn't like. Mm-hmm. When a bumbling magician accidentally makes the audience disappear, he must enlist the help of a bitter rival in order to get them back, or else be charged with a hundred counts of murder. Yeah, that's that is good. I don't know why I was so hard on that one. I think that's I think maybe one. because it it was it goes on a bit, but yeah. I just. I don't know when a bumbling magician accidentally makes the audience disappear. I don't yeah. know, it just kind of cracked me up. And then uh, John Kelmers after her, after her, uh, after her husband flees from the mob, a young woman un- unwittingly inherits his decrepit strip club and dancer girlfriend. Yeah. And you didn't like the and dancer dancer. I girlfriend. Did, yeah, the, some of the construction of that sentence seemed a little like weird. And and but I do love the idea. I think it's a really it's a really clever idea. You had you had a couple more, right? I do. Yeah. Um, this one was from earlier this episode. Uh, you mocked it. I loved it. <laughs> Austin Zartman, freed from running the family flower farm, a brash nurseryman seeks to reclaim his manhood by chopping down a giant redwood tree. It is a good logline. I, I, I give you that. Yeah. I do. Definitely. Um, and what was it? And my last one, I don't know why you weren't on board with this. I mean, maybe I just liked it so much because I also thought up a I thought up a little thing to add to it that actually it was it was your fix made it so much better that I, I wanted that movie then. So so, right. so then well, this, this is, is Joe Gold. He's also friend a friend Joe of the Gold. podcast. Yeah. So I felt a little like maybe uh, I didn't want to be biased. Right, right. Okay, this is Joe Gold. A bullied Brussels sprout rejected by the more popular vegetables joins forces with an old bottle of vinegar to spoil all the food in the fridge and become the main course. That is really good. And I just added, if you didn't hear last week's episode, I just added that it should be uh, the night before Thanksgiving. Yes. 
Yeah. No, it's really good. You know, it's not that I didn't like the ones that you liked. It's just that I had this whole other collection of ones I yeah, liked, too, because there ones. were so many. Yeah. Okay, two two more that, that I'd collected. One was a young colonial minister must choose either his love of a girl accused of witchcraft or his loyalty to his mentor and the town. And I think we talked about maybe mentor, the mentor and the town. fell a little off. It might yeah. be to, to the church. Right. And then... Robert Turnage, an agoraphobic blogger, becomes the prime suspect when the GPS records in his phone place him at multiple crime scenes. I like that, too, because he's agoraphobic. How could it be there? Now he's going to go to the house. But we also talked about he must now do something, maybe Mm -hmm. maybe having more of an activity. Yeah, a little more sense of the second act and not just that's really to me all set up right there but we read all those because they were all so good those yeah. were all great guys and and really there wasn't there wasn't a bad log line in the whole bunch you guys really know what you're doing and appreciate yeah, I feel like your submissions the, you know like not that i have a good enough memory to to reflect on this accurately but i do feel like over the years people are getting better at this oh yeah like the listeners who maybe they've been with us or been with you a while um it's like, yeah, they're learning, which is cool to see. And and I feel like there were a lot more clunkers the first time we the did it. The first year was a bit of a whoo. Yeah. But then right away in the second the second time we did it, the, yeah. it was you know wildly improved. And yeah, now everybody's got this great mixture of not only really good log lines, but also really good ideas. Yeah. And that's, and that's why it part. made it so hard for me this year. I'm right. like, I love them all. So um, congratulations to Roger Alford. You get two months of an on-the-page membership. Renee Claveau, you've got one month of a on-the-page membership. And um, I would like to remind everybody that if you want to check out the membership, go to onthepage.tv. Also, yes, really, believe it or not, I am coming to Belfast mid-April. <laughs> so uh, um, I would love to see any Belfast writers there. Um, and um, did I tell you I'm going to um, Poland? I'm going to Warsaw in May. Whoa. Yeah. You're yeah. a globe-trotting screenwriting I guess teacher. so. Cause, crazy. Yeah, so I'll be in at Warsaw at something called Script Fiesta. That's I don't, what I would expect to be in Poland <laughs> as a fiesta. <laughs> so I'll be there in May. Yeah. Um, so go to onthepage.tv and see everything that's going on. I'd love to see you guys wherever I'm traveling to. Uh, thank you very much for submitting your log lines, everybody. Keep at them. More great ideas, more great log lines. We'll be doing this again. And thank you to Matt sure. Belknap. I kind of, I just wondered, you know, it just occurred to me. Some of these, probably the script is written and then they're trying to write the log line. Some of them, maybe it's just a log line. They haven't written the script yet. Like, that's something I'm, I'd like to know, like, if we do this again. I, it's, I'm always curious, like how that changes the way people approach it. I bet you, I bet you 90, 90% of this, these are scripts that have been written oh, you think? Okay. and they're loglining what they have. Yeah. And I always think that's the way to go because what you're trying to do is sell yeah. what you have, right. something completed. But it's a good idea to, to start with the logline wherever you are in the process yeah. because it always helps remind you what you're going for and what your, what your main uh, story is really landing on. Yeah, I feel like when I was younger, I always thought it was like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm like organic, you know, I don't want to like whittle it, you know, but like seriously, if you want to be a working writer, you should be able to just have that one line in your back pocket, like all the time, no matter what, like you should have log lines for all the ideas that are knocking around in your head or in your, on your computer. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and then, then, then you just have to figure out which ones are 
that you should be writing. <laughs> and it's a good it's a good way to rewrite too. Yeah. Uh, if you're in rewrite mode, go back to what your original line, log line was, and ask yourself if you're honoring that log line. Maybe what you need to do is a concept premise pass that really honors the great idea that was in that line, uh, or change the log line if if your script has now become yeah, something else. Yeah, it is else. okay to drift away from it. You know, yeah. you might discover. I remember like reading a, an interview with Steve Martin about like you know how he doesn't he didn't really know. When he was writing Bowfinger, he didn't know that like those two characters were going to be brothers or something. I forget the details of it, but basically, it's it's great to surprise yourself in the process and and sort of find some new thing that that changes the whole course of the script. And so you should feel like you should be like open to doing that. But at the same time, if you have a great idea, you have to like you have to do it justice. You know, like sometimes you can have a great logline and the script. The hard part is having the script live up to that. Right. Right. So congratulations, everybody. Great job. I am going to go get a cup of coffee, and I think Matt is going to go chop down a redwood tree. That's right. That? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks for your log lines, and have a good writing week. <laughs>